What's going on, everybody? MLB trade deadline has come and gone. A lot of moves made today, way more than I would have expected. But, you know, a lot of teams, I feel like, really went for it this year, which is good. You know, you want to see competitive baseball all the way until the end, joined by Garrett Cowdre. So what would you make of it all today? Um, I'd definitely say this is probably the wildest trade deadline I've ever seen. Uh, so many moves of huge magnitude, so many teams looking to get competitive. Um, so many teams looking to just go on a complete fire sale. The league was so different just a couple of days ago. And it's, it's insane how it shifted, how there's some, how, how we, how do we expect teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers not to compete with teams like the Cubs and the Nationals? And that's exactly what one trade deadline can do to an entire league. And it, it's crazy. It's some moves were amazing. Some moves I think were just awful and, and that's just how trade deadlines go. And I think this is one of the crazier ones I've ever seen, if not the craziest. What move to you put a team over the hump? Um, absolutely the Scherzer and Trey Turner move. I don't agree with it at all. But if you think the Dodgers aren't the best team in base, you're incorrect. They are. They have unbelievable amounts of talent on the pitching staff. If the bullpen gets going there and uh, and the offense, of course, if Bellinger learns how to play baseball again, you know, they're, they're just the best team in the league. And I don't expect anyone to be able to compete with them in a seven-game series Come when it comes to playoff time. I, I don't expect the Giants and the Padres to keep pace, even though both of those teams are very solid as well through the rest of the regular season. And, uh, yeah, that, that move for Trey Turner, getting the second-best shortstop in the league, as well as adding uh, – Max Scherzer on top of it. I just, I don't see how any move could be as beneficial to a team as that one. And they just absolutely fleeced the, the poor nationals who I'm sorry to Deontay, we couldn't be here with us today. And I understand why, because they got torn down in the span of 72 hours. Carlos Carrasco is making his first start since last year. The first time the black jerseys have been back since like 2013 and he gives up a home run. To Jonathan India. Mm. Huh. Well, yeah, the Mets were extremely uh, underwhelming at the deadline. I thought I, I expected them to make. I mean, they got Javier Baez, but that wasn't the Cub I thought they were going to get. I thought they were going to push a lot harder for Bryant. Um, I guess the Giants just had more to offer. I thought they were going to make a push to get a really good starting pitcher to go with the rest. They're already pretty good rotation, and they, I mean, they just looked happy being dormant, and I. I thought this division was wide open and the Phillies were far more active than them. So I was really shocked when, by the lack of moves they were making, although I thought getting Baez was, was a pretty good move, even though I'm not a, a huge fan of Baez. I think they didn't give up too much and they added a great glove at shortstop and then eventually at second base when Lindor gets back. But yeah, overwhelming or overall though, they were underwhelming. Baez for sure. Shocked me. I did. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see the Mets making any trade. I knew they wouldn't get Chris Bryant. I just had that feeling the whole time. I don't think Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson want to give up a bunch of prospects for rentals. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. He's like 19, but he's out for the season. They drafted him last year, and he's a fringe top 100 player. They were saying in terms of prospects. And after, you know, previous regimes, after Sandy left the last time, 
kind of wiped out the farm system. They have it back. And what uh, the Twins wanted for Barrios in terms of the Mets was just funny. They wanted Ronnie Mauricio, who I think is their second ranked prospect, and Dom Smith. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're the Twins, you're a lot happier with what the Blue Jays gave you. But oh my I'm, I'm goodness, really glad yeah. the Mets didn't do that. The Blue Jays trade was honestly, I mean, I guess I would call it a win-win because Austin Martin doesn't have much room in that stacked infield, but they needed Woods Richardson. I guess they're simply counting on the fact that they might not need Austin Martin in the future and that Woods Richardson, it's a little more, um, you know, unpredictable when they're getting Barrios. But I thought the Twins' return for Barrios was amazing. I thought they they definitely nailed that trade. I thought it was a good trade for both teams for sure. And that was one of the rare trades that was good for both teams. You know, you rarely see that from a team going into rebuild mode like the Twins to get that much return for a player. But uh, a very I think will be worth it for the Blue Jays. I, I was shocked when I saw them give up both Martin and Woods Richardson there. That was, that was crazy to me. How did you feel about the Twins not dealing Buxton or Donaldson? Donaldson I'm surprised about because, I mean, I guess they probably just couldn't find a, a trade partner that they thought was even worth it. Buxton, I'm not really honestly surprised about because he's still young and I know he turned down their contract extension. I think he'll be due for a bigger one. And I think he's still a plan for their future because I think this twin Steve can go through a pretty quick rebuild. I think they have a fair amount of talent as long as it all pans out to get a rebuild done two, three, max four years, be back to being a playoff team possibly. So I think not dealing Buxton signals that they're not completely tearing this thing down like the Cubs and the Nationals are acting like, but they're more just sending away players who might not be valuable when they're ready to compete next or might not be on the team for salary reasons when they are when they want to compete next. And they obviously clearly want Buxton in that plan. And if Buxton ends up leaving, you know, so be it. They might decide to move them at like winter meetings if they really can't get something done. But I think they're still counting on the fact that Buxton will be back and he is a, a part of this team's next run at it, whether that be in two years or five years, you know. We've talked about the other two teams that have played home games in New York this season. We left out the boys in the Bronx. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give, I don't know, a controversial opinion after you. So how do you feel Brian Cashman did this trade deadline? Um, I felt like he did what, what we expected the Yankees to do. It doesn't matter if you make the right moves. When money grows on trees, you can do whatever you want. I thought the guy was great. They needed a left-handed hitter like that, especially with the short porch. The Rizzo trade, I, did, I didn't think that made much sense, but I think Rizzo's a great player. Uh, Heine, I, I don't see much there. I would like to see him chase a, maybe a more elite arm if they're really that worried. And uh, dealing away the relievers when your bullpen already sucks, I didn't agree with that. Overall, I don't think the deadline was that good for them, but I, the one move I did like was Joey Gallo. I really, really liked that move for them. What the New York Yankees did past couple days, past week or so, I guess, it was just selfish. They're a fringe wild card two team that I feel like this is what the Red Sox should have done, you know, trade for Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, but oh, instead the Yankees who aren't actually really contending got instead. Andrew Heaney's okay. I mean that, like you said, they needed a real arm. 
I don't think he puts them over in any kind of way, especially it doesn't help you, you know, getting the last three outs of the game. But yeah, it's just selfish. I feel like they took away two good players that, you know, a real team could have wanted. Yeah. And they can afford to pay them at the end of the day. You know, that's just, I mean, that's the same thing with the Dodgers. Now, obviously that's getting into a completely different related thing about how baseball needs a salary cap, which it does. But teams like the Yankees, teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Red Sox, not this, not particularly at this deadline, but deadlines in the past, it doesn't matter if they make good moves. It just more matters that they get as much money as they want and they don't really get punished for making bad signings. Whether Garrett Cole ever throws another quality start in a Yankees jersey, it honestly won't really matter because they'll have more money to dish out to the next crop of superstar free agents and trade for the, the, the so-called rentals that they'll somehow be able to keep around for five more years with the, their money that grows on trees. So it's extremely selfish. I agree with that, but there's nothing that can be done about it until we get a salary cap. Teams like that are going to bully the smaller market teams that can't afford these guys for more than a rental. And they're going to bully teams that need to get these players off their rosters because they can't afford to pay them again. You know, and, and it's just a, the same thing with the trade term actors or trade it's big teams bullying little teams because the leadership in the MLB has gotten so putrid that it's honestly like a Robin hood, you know, type of thing. And it's funny, the Yankees have to make these trades and spend all this money to compete with the Tampa Bay Rays who can't exactly. even sell half the tickets. Exactly. Whose payroll is what probably a 10th of the size this whole payroll is just Garrett Cole's contract pretty much from this season. And, uh, and they compete with teams like the Dodgers. They were just in the Dodgers with the World Series last year, and they were could have won it if Kevin Cash remembered that, you know, Blake Snell can go more than, like, five innings. So, uh, I mean, that, that just goes to show you, it doesn't matter how much money you spend, a, a well-managed team, a well-constructed team can still beat you, a money ball team, the Oakland Athletics, the Tampa Bay Rays, Hopefully the Miami Marlins soon. I love a couple of the moves they made at the deadline. You know, they can still compete with teams like the Yankees because the Yankees just throw money at people and just hope it works out. What move to you you don't like at all? From a a fan of the game of baseball or from a like an, a realistic standpoint? Like a team that is on the precipice of, you know, serious contention and then they – I guess either made a move that was a head scratcher or didn't make the right move. I'm trying to think. Honestly, I'd say the athletics probably sending away Kendall Graveman because, you, you know, there's, with the lack of reliable bullpen arms, to send him away, especially to a division rival, that was the probably the biggest head scratcher for me. I know they plan on bringing in more bullpen talent, but keep him around. It's not something that I expect Graveman to do in future seasons, but he's got the hot hand. Put him in the back of your bullpen while he's still pitching good and ride it. You're in a wild card contention. You might even win the division if you have a great second half and you trade away your best reliever, especially after just losing Hendricks in the offseason. That made no sense to me. Now, I know they made they replaced him with um, – I think it was Castillo from Tampa Bay. So I guess that kind of works out. 
having adding Castillo without giving away Graven would have just been that much better. You just traded away your best reliever to a division rival that you're fighting for for the division. Made no sense to me. I thought that was a, a stupid move on their part. And I didn't think they got nearly enough in return for somebody throwing as well as Graven is right now, especially in the heat of that battle. I would have liked the Reds to make a move. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I feel like they're, they're, they're pretty close. But, oh, that too. The Rockies not trading story. That was, even if you get like a team's 10th rated prospect, that's better than letting them go for free. And the Nationals, you know, they learned that with Harper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the man's walking. You can offer him a contract extension. I wouldn't want to stay on that team. That team is, is what, you know, that's where baseball players go to die at this point in the rebuild because they're not committed to a rebuild, but they're sending away all their best players for nothing. Like just like they did with Nolan uh, Arenado. It's, it's ridiculous. They, they're stuck in neutral. They need to tear it down and they're not getting nearly enough for their star players in return. They didn't deal Herman Marquez either or John Gray. They're just complacent being fourth in that division forever, just forever. And I, I not trading Trevor story shocked me i was genuinely shocked i thought he was going to go to the reds i thought they were going to make some crazy move out of nowhere and uh beat beat the yankees offer and pull this guy in for an everyday shortstop and they were probably eventually going to lose him but uh for the rest of this year for that stretch run when they're trying to take down the brewers in the nl central that that was kind of like my big prediction but sure enough the deadline's come and gone and trevor story's still wearing a rockies jersey and they're never going to get anything in return for him other than maybe like a comp a compensation pick because that's just how the Rockies do business, I guess. They're so poorly managed. I was shocked. Yeah, and it, there wasn't even any talk of a move. It was like yeah. it was like they were holding on to him like they were contending and they needed him, but they don't. Exactly. And they're not. It, yeah, they're, they're not close to contending. They won't be close to contending for a while, especially with the way they do business. That was a good chance to add at least a solid prospect, especially since you know you're going to lose him. You know he doesn't want to come back. You just traded Arenado for – a bag of chips too. I mean, those were two players that if you would have traded them at the right time, rather than trading them over winter or letting them walk, you would have actually ended a solid return, had a solid farm system that you could at least be like, well, the future's bright. I mean, we lost some star players, but the future's bright. You're losing star players and the future is just as dim as the team's adding star players and sending away prospects. Like you're in win now mode, but you're not winning games. You have no farm system, no major league, level talent um their team with no direction and they're not going to be very very they're not gonna be good for a long time just plain and simple doesn't make any sense how do you feel about the braves and phillies the phillies obviously doing a little bit better than atlanta but how do you feel about them you know trying to win this disappointment of an nl east i i honestly i like those moves those are competitive moves those teams aren't ready for a fire sale I think they're they're nowhere near ready for a fire sale. So for them to seize the opportunity to try and win this wide open division, I think is great. I think it's great for the game of baseball um, compared to some of the to the Nationals who are in that division too to just send it all away. Some teams like the Marlins and the, and the Nats kind of just looked at it as a lost season and were ready to let the Mets win. And the Phillies and Braves looked at it as an opportunity to to put on a good second half and try and take on the Mets, especially since the Mets were so um, sluggish at the deadline for the Phillies and Braves to be aggressive at the deadline. I thought that was, was really, really good. And I think it's going to make the NL East one of the closer races as we get late in the season. I have no clue who's going to win it. I guess my money would be on the Mets, but 
if the Braves outfielders hit even halfway decent, I think they have a chance. Um, and if, if the Phillies get hot at the right time, I think they have a chance. I like their roster as well. So it's going to be a fun, fun race there because of the way they played at the deadline. Atlanta, to me, was weird at first. When they got Adam Duvall, everybody was like, oh, you know, Atlanta's, they're not just, you know, sending it home. I was like, I mean, that's weird. But then when they got Jorge Soler at 410, I was like, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that, and they got Eddie Rosario too, didn't they? They had like three slugger outfielders. Yeah, I guess one of them has to work out. I mean, based on that math, at least one of them has to hit home run. I would hope. I don't know. The Soler move was like, okay, they're they're not, you know, gonna just pack it in. They're they're gonna keep trying, hoping that they can, you know, get some pitching together and the rest of the offense does something. And then Philadelphia went. Who who'd they get? Ian Kennedy. Yeah, they got Ian Kennedy and um, Gibson in the so, same trade. I can't even lie. I, I thought when I saw it at first, I thought Ian Kennedy was on the Phillies for some reason. So I I don't know what about that really excites them. Is he like doing? He's been very solid this year. I think when you get him and Gibson at the same time, you're getting a reliable bullpen arm in a league without many, and you're getting a solid back-end starter at the worst. And I'm, they gave up Spencer Howard, which kind of sucks, but he hasn't been that good in the upper levels of the minors and at the major league level. So I think Texas was just trying to get as much as they could while they could from players that weren't expected to do as good as they're doing. But in general, I thought that move by the Phillies was great because, I mean, this year, even if Gibson and Kennedy never throw an inning after this year, that's the Phillies don't need that. The Phillies are – adding them to make a push this year. And I think it's going to really work out for them because those are two very solid players that have kept the, the Rangers afloat for most of the season. What team that did a lot of selling, did you like their rebuild that was done today the most? I'm trying to think. Don't like the Nats rebuild. They were just sending players away for fun. Don't like the Cubs rebuild very much. They were just sending players away for fun. The Rangers did all right. The Marlins, I'm, I'm going to say the Marlins because they got Jesus Lazardo straight up for Marte, who might end up being a rental in Oakland. Uh, Lazardo, I think, is under contract through 2026 and was a top prospect a year ago. And they got him for a, a potential rental from the, the A's. I, I'm, so I'm going to say the Marlins win because if he turns out half the pitcher he was supposed to be, and he's under contract for the next five years, um, that's a win. That's absolutely a win. And that pitching staff looks so dangerous. If, they're, if they finish 20th in the league and hitting every year for the next 10 years, they're still going to be a fringe playoff team at worst over the next decade because of how good that pitching staff is. As long as they get all the arms going at the right time, they, they could be extremely good. And I thought their moves at the, at the deadline were, were solid as well. The Cubs – fire sale was just really odd to me i i don't i don't know like everyone knew it was coming so i guess they didn't get as much as they would have liked to and then it was weird that they kept Contreras. yeah i i agree that i, I didn't really like that move i think he's he's gonna be on his way out the door eventually now he's somebody that might end up getting moved at the winter meetings but i guess maybe they're just saying oh he's young he's still a part of our future plans especially in since there's not that many good catchers in the league, honestly. 
but uh, but I don't expect him to be in a Cubs jersey much longer. Maybe one one more season max. So yeah, maybe they just couldn't find a suitor, and maybe they were just asking for a lot for him, especially since they were kind of underwhelming with the return they got for Brian and uh, Rizzo and Baez and Kimbrel and Tapera. Like I, I didn't think any of the returns they were, were that good. So I guess maybe they just wanted more for, for Contreras and they're just maybe counting on him to be a future part of their plans. But I, yeah, I, I was honestly kind of surprised. Everyone keeps talking about 2016 Cubs are all gone. Dave Ross is still yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the only one left. He's, he's not really playing much, but he's, yeah, he's all I got left. And uh, you were a month ago that the Cubs were going to burn it down. I mean, what they were winning that division. They were on like a 12 game win streak and winning that division somehow. And, this last last month has not been very kind to the to the Chicago Cubs because you know the dugout looks a lot different uh, in tonight's game than it did yesterday, and it's going to be a rough few years while they rebuild, especially given that they didn't get too many top tier prospects for all they sent away. So it was it's been rough. It's been rough sledding for the Cubs, and I I don't think it's going to be going up for for a little bit at least. And an interesting when they traded Baez to the Mets, what I thought was weird about it was the, when I heard it happened, I was like, okay. I mean, the move didn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I mean, I like it now, but I was like, how much did the Mets give up? I just assumed that a starter on the current Mets roster would be included. And then you find out that it's for a 19 year old outfielder. I was like, how is that all you get for Javier Baez? They they clearly were not going to pay that man in the offseason. They made that abundantly clear because they traded him for nothing. I mean, you got to get at least like some actual big league talent in return for this guy. I mean, he was just the runner up in MVP voting in like 2018. I mean, maybe 2019. I can't remember, but I mean, like good. Like you don't you had a 19 year old outfielder for a, an MLB the Show cover player, and they were just seemed content with that. Like you couldn't find a better suitor somewhere else. Like. You know, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Mets got an extension done with this guy and he played baseball there for five, six, seven, ten more years. And all you had to give up was some 19 year old prospect that may have never even cracked the major league roster. And like, I don't know how they somehow get away with not giving up major league talent, at least a pitcher, a young pitcher, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no clue what they were doing there. Say you ran a sports you know, therapy group or whatever, who would have the tougher time being consoled today? Nationals fans or Cubs fans? I'm going to say Cubs fans. No, I'm going to say Nationals fans. I'm going to say Nationals fans. I was thinking Cubs because, oh, the Cubs won a title, but then I remember the Nationals won a title more recently. And uh, so I'm going to say Nationals fans because they've really just emptied house. If you're not named Juan Soto, you are out the door. Now the Cubs team, I'd say, was more historic but they've been mediocre for a few seasons now. The Nats just completely fell apart. It was kind of unexpected. And I think it was more pain. It was quick pain versus long-term pain. So I'd say the Nationals needed more. Um, but that's – the Cubs fans also needed – both of those franchises needed a lot, but I'm going to say the Nationals needed more because – I mean, they just absolutely emptied house. That I don't know if they have enough players to field a roster right now. I mean, it was crazy. 
but yeah, both teams do need it. So if you have any Nats or Cubs fans that you're friends with, go give them a phone call today. It's the little effort that that, that may help them out because they're going to need it. It's going to be very, very rough for them. Yeah, I mean, they both won World Series. So like, I don't feel that bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess they got their rings. They did what they were supposed to, but the, the turnaround has been monumental how quickly they've started going downhill, especially the Nats. It was extremely unexpected. I would definitely say the Cubs because I feel like, you know, they were there longer and it was that same core for a really long time. And I feel like, you know, just Chicago embraced the Cubs more than Washington embraced the Nationals. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they should have done so much more. So, like, the Nationals, like, it was this unexpected run. And then, you know, they won the whole thing. And then last year they didn't do anything in this year they were supposed yeah. to but didn't really but the cubs they were just supposed to like 2016 was just supposed to be the start they probably yeah, shouldn't they have even really, won it then that was, that was then, supposed to be before their window yeah they kind of exceeded so I, yeah I, I agree with that 100 i there's really no wrong answer to that question both those teams need a lot of therapy i was just taking the more we were good recently approach with the, the nationals uh but but yeah, absolutely the Cubs. I mean, there's just no wrong answer. Both of those teams are, you know, are you know now at bottom feeders, whereas a month ago, I don't think that much for sale from either. It was unbelievable. It's been a crazy deadline. All right, let's see if there's any moves I missed here. Oh, Atlanta got Richard Rodriguez. Really, that's a great move. That's an absolutely great move because they probably didn't give up much either. They I mean, gave up two right-handed pitchers. Yeah, that's a fair move. They need that bullpen help, especially if they're actually content on making a push for this division, which I think they need to still go after the division. I know that they still don't have Ronald Acuna, but, I mean, you still have Freddie Freeman and Ozzy Albies and Danzy Swanson, Austin Riley in that offense. And – the pitching staff's been bad this year, but I think they're underperforming. So if you get hot at the right time, you can easily win that division. So for them to still stay competitive, I think it's, it's good for baseball. Even if they don't end up winning the division, I think the moves they're making is good for the game of baseball. Unlike some of the teams that went into complete panic and fire sale mode in the last few days. I like Oakland getting Josh Harrison and Jan Gomes too. I feel like that Absolutely. helps them. And Josh Harrison's just a great guy to have on your team. You know, can do a lot. Very underrated move, yeah, because Young Gums is playing, playing great this year, and you can put Josh Harrison in any position, and he'll play above average, above league average. And that's – what else do you want, especially when you're a team like Oakland? Like, what else do you want from from a trade like that? So that was, that was an excellent move, I agree. What about the Cardinals getting a couple older left-handed starters? I was kind of underwhelmed with that. I don't think they're – making a run of this division. I don't think they should have went into fire sale, so I'm glad they didn't. But I just thought those were man moves. And uh, honestly, just Jeopard. Honestly, you're just risking one of those prospects becoming a super talented player out of the blue. So you can get like a year of mediocrity on a mediocre team from a mediocre player. I guess maybe Jack Flaherty coming back later in the season might give them a chance. So maybe they can prove me wrong. But at the end of the day, I'd, I thought the moves they made were just kind of pointless. Like you're just risking prospects for a third place finish in the NL Central at this point, I felt like. 
So when we come back and we do our playoff preview, who out of these traded players will we be talking about that, you know, they were the X factor? Max Scherzer is going to be the biggest X factor because he's going to help the Dodgers win this division and pitch key playoff games down the stretch and be the reason, one of the main reasons why they win a World Series. And Trey Turner, of course, included in that trade. I think you slot him in in your first or second spot in your batting order for the rest of the season and you just let it ride. So I'd say absolutely those are going to be the two biggest uh, players. I think if the if the Blues get hot also, uh, Jose Barrios is going to be very under the radar as a huge X factor for them as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to say those are my predictions. That, But that Scherzer trade, I'm, I'm going to say Scherzer as my final answer. It's the biggest X factor moved at the deadline. I'm going to go Chris Bryant. I feel like if the Cubs, or not the Cubs, if the Giants win the division, and are going to go into the playoffs trying to make any noise, I think it'll be because of him. I feel like oh, he yeah. – I don't want to call him, like, the Ben Zobrist because, you know, Ben Zobrist wasn't the best player on the Cubs. But I feel like he'll have an impact like that, you know, like countless others, yeah. you know, Carlos Beltran in the Mets way back when, Cespedes on the Mets way back when, Mark Teixeira and the Angels a while ago, mm-hmm. any of those, you know, big-name players coming over. Oh, I yeah, just feel absolutely. Like going to fit in well. Yeah, actually, it's funny you brought up Teixeira because I saw something on Instagram today about the Mark Teixeira timeline, about him getting traded to the Angels, playing standing in that late half of the season, and then he ends up going to the Yankees. And so, of course, when he goes to the Yankees, the Angels get a compensatory draft pick. He becomes a superstar with the Yankees, becomes their their anchor at first base for quite a long time after that. And the Angels actually end up using that compensatory draft pick, and they draft Michael Nelson Trout with it. I thought that was a really cool story. I heard that today about how, you know, that's crazy how that works out. One trade landed the Yankees, eventually lands the Yankees to share and eventually lands the Trout or lands the Angels, uh, Mike Trout, all, all because of one deadline move. And that's honestly, there's going to be a lot of implications like that in future years because the amount of players moved at this deadline has been nuts. This has been one of the most, probably the most active deadline I've ever seen. So these implications are still going on five years down the road. The prospects that were traded, the farm systems that were loaded and completely torn down. And, I mean, this is one of the busiest 48 hours in all sports and has implications five, 10 years down the line. It's just amazing. You talked about it a little bit, but I want you to go into a little more depth about the problems baseball has with just pretty much being able to assemble the Avengers all on one team. Yeah, um, it's a huge problem. You don't look, you look at other major league sports, there's a salary cap for a reason, and it's a good reason. So teams like, you know, the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the um, San Francisco 49ers can't bully teams, can't bully small market teams and prevent them from having long title windows. It keeps it balanced. It allows small market teams to compete with these huge markets. And you look at the MLB and they just don't have a system like that. How can teams expect to compete with a tenth of the payroll over long windows? It's not, it's not possible. You can put together a good run, get all your prospects up at the right time, make the right free agent moves enough to have a formidable team. Like we saw the Rays did last year in 2020, go all the way to the World Series and at least have a fighting chance. But even then, who'd they get knocked out by? The Dodgers, who just 
added David Price and Mookie Betts, and they're making a combined one million from the Dodgers over the next ten years, or one billion from the Dodgers over the next ten years, probably. Like it's just simply not fair, and the lack of effort from major from Major League Baseball to to even combat this issue, to combat, like you said, the Yankees being selfish when they're third in the division, almost fourth in the division, adding all this great talent just to finish third in the division and add them to extensions because they can pay whoever they want. And there, there's no urgency in the commissioner's office about fixing this problem. No, Nobody thought like, oh, this is bad for baseball when Max Scherzer and Trey Turner go to the Dodgers. Like, how are they going to afford them? Oh, they'll find a way because it's the Dodgers for just four prospects. Those are honestly probably the two, outside from one of the two best players on the Nationals. And they have to send them away because they can't afford to pay them for just four prospects. And you just got to hope one of those prospects prospects was half the player that either one of those guys you sent away was, and that you have to call it a win because you can't afford to pay these guys, but the Dodgers can just pay whoever they want. If you look at the amount of money they have tied up on that team with Muncie, with Corey Seager, possibly in this next coming off season with Trey Turner, obviously coming up with Justin Turner, Will Smith's going to need paid Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Trevor Bauer hasn't even thrown a, a pitch in two months. Now you got Scherzer, you got Bueller's going to need paid. You're going to have Kershaw, and they're going to keep that team together. I just imagine trying to keep that team together if you weren't in a market like LA. It's impossible, and they hog these players because Major League Baseball doesn't even try to stop them, and that's that's a problem. You can't compete with big markets when there's no salary cap. You can only hope to put together one good season and maybe get hot at the right time and knock a team off. The Rays came close. America was rooting for the Rays. They couldn't pull it off. They came close. But in general, it's horrible. And Manfred just sits there and does nothing about it. And it, baseball is slowly going to become a team or a, just a game of bullies picking on small market teams every, every year at the deadline, at this time every year, and doing whatever they want until baseball makes an effort to add a salary cap, to add some way to balance competition between big markets and small markets i mean teams like the rays trying to having to move because because they don't get enough money to field a team to compete with these teams like that's the problems facing baseball and and there's no urgency in trying to fix i think it's just all the game of baseball and i could go into a a two-hour rant about this but that i'm just that's that's gonna be the end of my spiel because it's horrible and it needs fixed and they show no, no effort. Like they don't, they didn't act like they want to fix it. It's awful. And, it, and there's just so much I could say. I'm just so completely annoyed with the way big market teams can bully small market teams. So that that's my that's my two cents. I totally forgot Trevor Bauer was even on the Dodgers. Exactly. Imagine that, he comes if, back. If he was on a small market team, if if he comes back, imagine that. And or imagine if a small market team had just paid that much money. That would devastate them for the next decade because of all the money, all the money they tied into a guy that may never throw a pitch at the major league level again. It would completely destroy them. The Dodgers is just like, oh yeah, just put it on the tab. I mean, we don't care. We'll just add Max Scherzer to replace him. That's another, you know, superstar pitcher on a big contract. You know, oh well, just put it on the tab. Like, I just can't even imagine if that happened to a team like the Marlins or the Rays or the the Athletics or. I mean, it would absolutely just debilitate a franchise like that. But to the Dodgers, it's just it's just chump change. Yeah, imagine he re-signed with the Reds and, you know, they're like, oh, we got our Cy Young winner back. 
he's a you know big part of this you know we don't need to make uh, any moves yeah. now you know you're without your ace and you didn't make any moves because you, you thought you might yeah. come back and then you don't have any money exactly and it, it and then all of a sudden reds baseball for the next decade is kind of trying to to work while recovering from the problem that one player on a big contract caused 10 years ago Meanwhile, Cody Bellinger's hitting 160. Dodgers like, oh, well, we don't care. Mookie Betts having it down here. Oh, well, we don't care. Trevor Bauer hasn't pitched in two months. Oh, we don't care. We'll just buy whoever we want at the deadline and help fix the problem. Just buy, buy, buy until we get the right team on the field. Hopefully we get the right combination of players on the field in October with our $1 billion payroll this year. Like the Rays, the, you know, like, like you said, the, the Reds, you know, you just you can't expect to compete. You can get lucky like the race did last year, but you can't expect to compete and major league baseball needs to fix it. And they don't show any effort, any willingness to try and fix it. It's disgusting. Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in the history of sports and he's killing baseball. So that's just the simple fact of the matter. One of my favorite things I like to do on this program is make predictions, you know, entirely too soon. So this won't be any different. Who will be in the World Series? Um, I actually have an article coming out soon about this. I've been working on it. And I, I have the, the Dodgers and the White Sox. And the Dodgers winning, I think, in five. That's my prediction. So Dodgers, White Sox. You heard it here first if it ends up happening. Dodgers over White Sox in five games. Um, I like a team out of the AL East, I'm obviously leaning more towards, you know, Boston or Toronto. I don't know why Toronto, I feel like. Yeah. They can just play so much better than their record says. Absolutely. If like they can just Absolutely. I hit it and, you know, pitching. And then the NL, I feel like the NL is much more wide open than we're led on to believe. I think I just say the Dodgers, I think they'll get it all going at the, when they need to get it going. I think there's no excuse not to. And I think they'll just ride it. And uh, they might not even win their division. They might have to make it in as a wild card. I think they're going to win their division, but God, I don't know. But like, I, I just don't see teams beating a roster like that in a seven game series. I think, I guess the Giants, I guess the Padres are probably the biggest fight to them in terms of pure roster talent. I mean, I don't think anybody in the NL East can really compete with them i don't think the brewers or reds who, who both those teams might make the playoffs could compete with them i guess the padres might the giants might stay hot but i just don't see how a team in the nl could take down the dodgers if they do actually get it going the only chance is this team in the al beating them and i don't think the white Sox will have the star power if they make it all the way to the to the world series unfortunately i'm going to take the carrots way out i'm going to say it's going to be al east versus nl west who you got in the AL East? Final answer. Who are you thinking? I don't. I don't know what my fixation is with Toronto. It's probably dumb. But uh, all right, I I, I put. Mean, I don't. I don't want to put Toronto one, but I feel like there's just kind of you know that team that'll do above expectations. So I'd say White Sox, Red Sox, Blue Jays. But I, I don't know. I don't want to pick a team from the NL or AL, I guess. Um, 
I don't. I think Padres. I just I like their rotation more than the Dodgers. As weird as that sounds, obviously the Dodgers have you know the playoff experience and whatnot. And does my bias towards LA kind of weigh into that? Yeah, a little bit. But I think I think San Diego would have just want it more. I mean, I agree. We probably will want it more, and that's pretty bold. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. I like the Padres roster too. So I mean. A Blue Jays versus Padres World Series would be extremely exciting. Extremely, it would showcase some of the, the future superstars of the game. So that would be fun. I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, honestly, I, I do kind of like that prediction, even though it, it probably at this point in the season, it does seem far fetched. But both those teams can definitely get hot at the right time and at least sneak in the playoffs and then keep, keep the hot streak rolling and make it all the way. That'd be pretty cool. I, I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah, nobody likes, you know picking the obvious teams i could have said you know astros dodgers again but oh yeah i'm actually really proud of either one of us for for not saying the astros because they look amazing this year i think not adding a starting pitcher is going to hurt them in the long run we're not adding a really good starting pitcher but uh but yeah so proud of us for not picking the astros and i'm going to be the villain and just take dodgers and say the white Sox make it so i don't mind playing villain here i don't i don't want to reward tony la russa I don't even want to project. Oh yeah, pre- yeah, no, predict he'd be in a World Series. Was, uh, yeah, he's great. Gross. He tried to kill Yerman Mercedes, and this this is a uh, anti Rob Manfred and Tony Larissa podcast, and I, I'm I'm here for it. You shouldn't like either one of those guys. Anything we missed? Anything we got to add before we go? I mean, I don't think so. Um, I think we covered just about all of it. We got the problems with the future of baseball, the amazing trade deadline down and predictions for how the rest of the season is going to play out. I'd say we, we covered just about all of it. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, that's Garrett. I'm Steven. We'll be back on Tuesday. I said it last night. I was like, imagine that, you know, podcast that says we have new episodes on Tuesday and back to back weeks that happens. So I guess uh, you'll hear from us then.